0: Hey everybody, welcome to Gospel Answers to Gospel Questions. Almost got the title of our podcast wrong. Answers to Gospel Questions. Brother Wing is along with me, Brother Lawson, and we are your institute teachers for the next 15 minutes. Actually, really for the rest of your lives, I think teaching Institute an institute teacher is an eternal calling, Brother Wing. Have you heard that taught before in the
1: scriptures? I haven't seen that in the scriptures yet, but maybe I gotta Ooh, just investigate things further.
0: Maybe that was false doctrine oh, that I was just sharing. Maybe that was what a you great know, in. Well, that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna talk about uh, this week in institute. We're gonna talk about false doctrines that some members of the church, including you, 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 might actually believe. All right. But before we jump into some of those, uh, some of those doctrines that um that some of you might believe and some of you know that we try to avoid let's talk about uh why false doctrines get spread how they get spread and how to avoid them does that sound all right brother wing
1: yes let's do it
0: excellent so joseph f smith he was a prophet that's true uh one of the things that he said um years ago which i think is important uh for us uh today is this. Listen, check this out. He said, among the Latter-day Saints, the preaching of false doctrines disguised as truths of the gospel may be expected from people of two classes and practically from these only. All right, so this is quite the setup that President Smith has given us, is that there's two types of people that spread false doctrine. All right, this old Brother Wing decide which group you're in just kidding you don't teach false doctrine so you're not in any of these groups but the first group that spreads false doctrine are what president smith refers to as the hopelessly ignorant he says these people whose lack of intelligence is due to their indolence and sloth who make but feeble effort if indeed any at all to better themselves by reading and studying those are those who are afflicted with a dread disease that may develop into an incurable malady called laziness all right so that's the first group of people that spread dot false doctrine are just people who are lazy who've never really studied who just kind of kind of spitball some answers to see what sticks up to the wall all right The second group is, The proud and self-vaunting ones who read by the lamp of their own conceit, he says, who interpret by rules of their own contriving, who have become a law unto themselves and so pose as the sole judges of their own doings, more dangerously ignorant than the first because of the lazy and the proud. So this group of people are the ones that think that they're just smarter than the scriptures and smarter than the prophets, and they just come up with stuff. Uh, and think that it's it's good because it's what they came up with all right so any thoughts on those two groups of people and where what president smith has to say about those folks brother winger
1: yeah i think that um the 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 opportunity that we have to really investigate things and be serious about it that's and and not just spiritually not just mentally serious like we're willing to do some engage in some mental rigor to figure things out. We have to do that, but we also, um, we got to be serious spiritually and be open to how truth can be confirmed to us by God. And the two groups that you just described would avoid that kind of seriousness.
0: Yeah. You know, we, we live in a, in a world where, you know, the, the term fake news gets spread around a lot and, um, and you just do what your own truth, whatever your truth is, you just follow it. And that sounds all, all great and good, but when it comes down to it, if we want to obtain salvation from a father in heaven, it's probably pretty, a pretty good idea to know who he is and what exactly he wants us to do uh, in order to obtain salvation rather than us deciding who God is and um, what, uh, what we need to do to obtain salvation, right? We want to stick with his plan. So, so, um, it's important to evaluate official, uh, church doctrine, uh, and, or uh, be able to identify and then evaluate, uh, doctrine, right? When you hear something, you want to ask yourself a couple of questions or a few questions like, Okay, is this thing that I just heard, is it in any of the current publications of the church? Uh, Maybe someone might be quoting uh, Elder Grant J. McGillicuddy from the uh, 1871 General Conference, and that's that's the only time it's ever been said, and, and it was taken, somebody took some notes about what Elder McGillicuddy had said, but so you want, you want to be sure that what, what you've heard is being taught in current publications of the church, and it's repeated teachings of current general authorities. So it's something that's taught often by lots of general authorities, and you also want to evaluate it from, like, is this, is this something that the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles talk about a lot, or is it just something that I've heard a bishop one time said at a in a fast and testimony meeting in malad idaho i don't know why malad idaho came to my mind but the people and the priesthood leaders in malad idaho are probably fantastic people i have no i have no malice towards malad and brother wing finally like the harmonized scriptural canon of the church is important is 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 a probably the most important source of 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 doctrine in addition to the prophet and Quorum of Twelve Apostles as as we got in the church. What can you say about that?
1: Yeah, I've got a great quote from President Harold B. Lee about that. He said, How do we measure whether or not one's teachings are true or false? If anyone teaches beyond what the scriptures teach, we may put it down as speculation, except one man who has the right to bring forth any new doctrine. That is the one man who holds the keys the prophets here in Revelator who presides at that high priesthood and no one else. If anyone presumes to bring forth what he claims to be new doctrine, you may know that it is purely his own opinion and you label it as such, regardless of his position in the church. If it contradicts something that is in the scriptures, you may label it immediately that it is false. That is why we call the scriptures our four standard church works. They are the standards by which we measure all doctrine. And if anything is taught, which is contrary to that, which is in the scriptures, it is false. It is just that simple. Excellent. So uh, So, there is a point of going straight to the scriptures and measuring things. We will have lots of questions come up and we can say, okay, let's go to the standard works and kind of test this out. Like, you know, we might have a, an idea or a speculation or hear some teaching uh, claim teaching taught we can just go to the standard works and kind of see collectively what's taught there and it's going to help us and stabilize us as we make decisions about things i'll give you a quick example i was, I was speaking at a fireside recently and as one of the participants had recently joined the church and he asked about speaking in tongues and he was like he was talking about his former church and he's like is this of god or not And so me being, um, standing at the pulpit, not being his priesthood leader, but hearing this question and I don't know anything about his former church, um, or the good people that go to that church. I don't know anything. So, so what I thought was the safest way to answer this serious question was I said, okay, well, here's how you answer questions like that. You know, I go, let's go to the scriptures. So we would so let's, let's take questions to the scriptures. Do people in the scriptures speak in tongues? And when they do, what's the result of them speaking in tongues? Uh, and and uh, give me the nature of, of that and the purpose of it. And what are all the reasons, purposes, results of speaking in tongues in the standard works? And I, if we can get answers to those questions from the scriptures, I think you'll be able to answer your question as you evaluate your, your former church.
0: Love that. And that's, that's awesome. You know, one of the hardest things uh, to deal with is like when, uh, when somebody said, and and maybe I'm going to put you on the spot, brother wing, how would you respond to this? Like when somebody says something like, um, well, I know that uh, typically the, the church believes this, but the Holy ghost has told me that, is supposed to be this way, right? So to- totally opposite from the church. How do you respond to someone who um, who says that the Holy Ghost has told them something that is totally opposite of, of commandments and revealed truths?
1: Yeah, I would, I would say, well, first of all, it'd be great to then take them to uh, churchofjesuschrist.org and do a search on the, there or on the Gospel Library app and start looking for statements where prophets have directly mentioned this very scenario because yeah. <laughs> it's brought up several times and they've got things to say, which is things like um, the Holy Ghost is not going to inspire you in a way that's contrary to the Lord's prophet. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, in fact, one of the reasons of many, but one of the reasons why we have a prophet is to kind of set up those, uh, parameters to help us as we figure out how to how to listen to and understand promptings of the Holy ghost. And so we can, for example, you know, we might Holy ghost might prompt us that there is no God, which would be an awkward thing for (laughs) God to say, but, um, but you know, this is an extreme example, but and so you say, well, uh, the Holy Ghost is going to conf- is going to harmonize with truth, and the prophet is going to help us. Now we, we already have so many statements from from prophets that there is a God. We don't even have to like bother so much with that question, that particular question. We've kind of got this framework to, to build on on truths that have already been confirmed by the Holy Ghost, and now we can take that framework and take go to go with other questions uh, that we have. Uh, So such as the law of chastity is a real deal, you know, and multiple prophets over the history of time in the scriptures and modern prophets have confirmed the standards of the law of chastity. So we don't have to like, you know, after, after the Holy ghost has already confirmed to us that this is a real law. Now we can take on other issues that might be related to that and not start questioning the law itself after the Holy ghost has already confirmed that truth. So Moroni 10, 5 by the power of the Holy ghost, we may know the truth of all things really comes into play with this. And this is part of the spiritual work that we have to do to, to receive answers from God so that we can know truth. I
0: love that. I think that, I think some people might bring up, well, we got Nephi, right? He chopped off Laban's head. That was against the commandments or he said that, uh, that he was prompted to do that. I think though, as you, as you look at that situation, uh, what Nephi, what Nephi felt? There's a whole we could talk a lot for about that. What the the prompting, you know, the, the prompting that Nephi felt did come from uh, God, and the angel did appear to Nephi. Uh, Nephi had had some spiritual work that he'd put in, a lot of spiritual work that he'd put in before, and uh, it's interesting to note that, um, you know, if it just so happens that the the inspiration you get to go. What is seemingly against God's commandments or established laws also fits your maybe political or or uh, personal views and agenda. You ought to be a little bit suspect of that revelation that you <laughs> that you get, right? And so um, the I love that measuring against you use that term doing spiritual work, making sure that you've put in, you've been make, you've made and kept covenants. You are living in a manner that would be uh, uh, that's consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're supportive of the prophet. You, you follow him, um, all those things. And then if you seemingly get a revelation that uh, goes against the laws of God, you ask real hard questions about that. Like Nephi did. Um, so, The standard works, current publications of the church, making sure the general authorities, uh, the members of the first Presidency, quorum of the 12 are teaching it consistently. One other thing to consider uh, is you can also, it's important to measure the historical uh, sources of the church. When you're studying things about uh, early church history and current church history, it's important to evaluate uh, that in a in an objective and logical way so first of all you want to use primary sources like what did the actual people involved say um or a contemporary account somebody who who knew joseph smith or was close to him not someone who um maybe lived at the same time period but never was in the same place as these people were studying you want to make sure they have an unbiased tone when you're evaluating a a historical source if you're if you're um, reading the the memoirs of John C. Bennett, he's not going to have a whole lot of great things to say about Joseph Smith, and you got to understand why. Um, so it's important evaluating historical sources even today. Uh, you know, one of the uh, there's a popular one going around right now that um, that uh, the church that well, the church-sponsored university, Brigham Young University, performed these uh, conversion therapies on uh, people that were attracted to same-gender uh, LGBT people, and they uh, and and if you read about it online, it makes it sound like BYU forced all these people into these therapies, and and this is back in the 80s. And if you just read one side of this story, you get this you get this real ugly painted picture about what's happening but if you read both sides of the story you'll see oh okay i can see why these decisions were made why this why these things happen one great resource uh for you students is if you go to fair latter-day saints is what it's called now it used to be fair i think you could type in fairmormon.org if you're feeling rebellious but i think it's fair latter now if you go there that's a great tool to help you evaluate Uh, and answer some pretty difficult questions about church history and some of the some of the doctrines. So we'd encourage you to go there. Anything else, uh, Brother Wing, in conclusion for this uh, first podcast of the week?
1: Yeah, I I think in two minutes, I can cover the first half of the Doctrine and Covenants. (laughs) So really fast, it's really interesting to scan the first half of the Doctrine and Covenants and talk about look at all the revelations that talk about avoiding deception and discerning truth. I mean, even the very first section, that's the preface, you know, the voice, whether by my own voice, or the voice of my servants, it is the same. I mean, there's a great principle for avoiding deception, but then the story of Joseph losing the plates and how he feared God more than man, or sorry, not losing the plates, losing the 116 pages mm. and doing that. And then the, the revelation sections about section six, seven, eight, and nine, that help him understand revelation better, help us understand revelation better. And the part about following the prophets and even common consent, the issue with Hiram Page and his revelations that he was supposedly receiving and how that got resolved. You know, their, their revelations about the law in section 42 and instructing and edifying each other in 43 and standing holy places in 45 uh, and receiving the Holy Spirit as their guide. The gifts of the Spirit in 46, um, accepting truth about various doctrines in 49. And then particularly in section 50, when it talks about teaching and learning by the spirit, and notably, it says that, you know, for example, if a teacher says to teach by the spirit, that's how to teach the gospel. And if you teach some other way, any other way, it's not of God. Um, But what we've, what we don't emphasize as much in that very same revelation, it talks about learning by the spirit. And the, the only way to learn by the spirit, or sorry, is to learn the gospel is to learn by the Spirit, and if you learn any other way, again, it's not of God, and so when we hear something from a prophet or apostle today, um, it's important to listen by the Spirit, let God talk to you, in other words, let God talk to you about this, and maybe, maybe an apostle says something that you don't like, you know, well, the first person to talk about that with is the Lord, Go to him and talk to him about it. Ask him about it. Um, To use your example of that one guy in 1871, I forgot his name. It's crazy. But um, if, uh, if you don't like something that he said in 1871, it might not be true. Right. And the Lord will tell you like, yeah, that was his opinion back in 1871, or it wasn't recorded. Right. Or who knows what this, what the issue is. Um, But uh, when it's repeatedly taught and it's verified by multiple people, members of the brethren and confirmed, especially by the first presidency and quorum of the 12, um, it's a lot safer. And now you can, you got a much, uh, you talk to the Lord about that and let him confirm truth to you. Excellent. Next time
0: students, in our, our next class, we're going to find out did Satan want to force all of God's children to be righteous? Did we choose our trials and families in the primordial life and Would a man really kill himself to get to the terrestrial kingdom? All all this and more next time on Answers to Gospel Questions.
1: I'm looking forward to that.